there was a um I forget exactly what it was, but it was like a New York Times article that was getting doctors to specially request that people stop doing things for the gram because it's making people do increasingly <laughs> stupid shit. Yeah. Like taking selfies with bears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like staying outside too long and like mm. getting overexposed and swimming for too long or something. I don't know. Okay, should we do this thing? Let's record another episode of this bad show. Y'all move! It's, it's time, time to podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to You Activated My Podcast, the weekly Yu-Gi-Oh! recap podcast. I'm Tyler. I'm Jimmy. And this week, we are talking about Season 1, Episode 20, Double Trouble Duel, Part 2. Electric Boogaloo. Yes, that's right. We have now watched 20 episodes of Yu-Gi-Oh! So you don't have to, meaning we are just under halfway through the first season. <laughs> um, Jimmy, how's it going? It's going all right. Yeah? Yeah. Anything uh, Anything fun or unusual this week? Well, speaking of good shows and not bad shows, uh, I've started watching uh, Cowboy Bebop for the first time. Oh, that's right. I saw this on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How, how are you liking it? Uh, it's, you know, it's one of those shows where I'm genuinely mad that I haven't watched it before because mm. it's so good. It's one of those where, like, I definitely want to go back and rewatch it because I watched it, like, my dad watched the, I want to say it was the English dub. That sounds right. Like, a, a lot, years and years ago. Um, and I tried watching it with him, but I think I was just barely, like, in the wrong age bracket and the wrong time of my life to really uh, appreciate what was happening. To watch there. anime so, with your dad. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. Or at least like that kind of anime. Cause it is like very serious. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's Sometimes. got jokes, but you know, um, but you're liking it. Yes. It's very good. Where, where are you watching it from? Uh, Hulu. Okay. Nice. Hulu's got a lot of like anime recently. Yeah. I'm surprised. I, I mean, you have to sit through commercials, but... Yeah, that's the one downside. I've been thinking about subscribing to Crunchyroll mm. or similar service again, um, just because, like, there are shows like that that I want to watch, or, like, Ghost yeah. in the Shell, that sort of thing. So, neat. Well, I would highly recommend it. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. What have um, you been up to? Man, uh, <laughs> it simultaneously feels like not a lot and uh, a whole lot. Uh, I just put this out on all of like my social media stuff, but some of the listeners may not know that Lauren and I are moving. Uh, we're in the, well, we're in the what? process of moving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, Lauren got into grad school, and so we're moving for school, uh, and we are moving to England. Ah, Bakura's hometown. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Bakura, who hang- hails from England, England. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's like in- New York, New York. They are. Yep, exactly. <laughs> Beautiful, picturesque <laughs> town of England. Uh, well, see, I, I have to clarify England because we're moving to Durham in the UK. And I say we're moving to Durham and people are like, oh, that's not too far. <laughs> Just North Carolina. It's fine. No, no, no. Wrong Durham. Wrong Durham. Um, so, yeah, so we're going to be moving in uh, middle of September, middle to late September and um, we're gonna have to figure out how to do this podcast remotely, which I'm still kind of working. Yeah, through we the haven't talked of. about it. No, we really <laughs> haven't. I think we'll make it work. I I have some ideas. I'm gonna look into investing into a, a microphone for you, a little USB mic. Um, 
yeah, we'll figure it out. So if we go a couple episodes where it's like bonus stuff, we're recording some bonus podcasts, uh, that will be why. Uh, we are going to be figuring that situation out. Yeah. The Intercontinental Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast. Hey, world first. Yeah. I'm excited for Probably it. Probably world last. <laughs> oh, God, I hope so. For the sake of us all. Um, so yeah, so I'm, I'm really excited for that. We've been kind of like figuring out what all we're taking with us and what all we're selling. And, um, yeah, it's, it's an adventure. We're like really paring it down to kind of the bare essentials. So, um, gotta have your Yu-Gi-Oh decks. I don't is the thing. <laughs> I genuinely do not. Uh, and I'm not sad about that. <laughs> I don't even have my virtual Yu-Gi-Oh decks anymore. Yeah, that's right. Um, although, speaking of, that's the other thing that I wanted to bring up. So you remember two or three weeks ago, we talked about speedrunning Yu-Gi-Oh? Mm. So I did a little bit of research because I have a PlayStation 1, and there were some Yu-Gi-Oh games that came out for PlayStation, but I haven't been able to find any physical copies. So I went onto the dark webs. Uh, not really. I went on to the gray webs and okay. I went on to the eggshell webs and uh, they uh, have a lot of resources there. As you may know on the internet. Really? Um, (laughs) And I went to uh, archive.org and they have the internet archive and uh, a bunch of uh, ROMs up right now. Uh, And they actually have, they have a lot of like arcade stuff, which is really cool, Mm. but they have a whole collection of PlayStation one games that run in a browser emulator. Oh, really? Including uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! Forbidden Memories. Only problem is, is that it will load up the PlayStation Start screen in the emulator and then stop. Oh. And I can't figure out how to get it work. Working. (laughs) (laughs) I can't figure out how to get it to work. Uh, So, if anyone out there wants to try it, go to archive.org, go to uh, the... Uh, console library, go to PlayStation. It's, I think it's just listed as PSX and find Yu-Gi-Oh! Forbidden Memories and let me know if you can get it to work, please, because I very much want to play this game. You can't. They're forbidden. You know what? <laughs> you just got to believe in the heart of the cards. All right. We'll find a way. Um, so, yeah. So, that's that's kind of what I've been up to lately, just figuring out how to hack together a Yu-Gi-Oh! game <laughs> and... Uh, and we'll An figure old out our PlayStation move. Yu-Gi-Oh game. Yeah, I mean, I would love and speed run it. Yeah, Taskbot any percent Yu-Gi-Oh. Well, so that's kind of the thing. So like, so I've been playing um, Hollow Knight recently, uh, just based on the recommendations of a lot of people, and it's excellent. It's an amazing game, and it's one of those where like I, I'm looking at the game and I'm thinking, man, I can't wait to see somebody speed run this game because it looks so breakable in that way like Mm, once you mm -hmm. get the patterns down and figure everything out like it's kind of this it doesn't really give you any sort of clear instructions as far as like where to go or what the rooms are or kind of what your next mission should be um so i think the design of play is that you go out and you adventure a little bit and you get coins and you go back to town you spend those coins and you kind of go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth but you probably don't actually need to like if you knew all of the patterns and all of the different rooms just from the get-go you could probably get through it pretty quickly Mm -hmm. so 
I'm th- I'm sitting here and I'm thinking all of this and I'm realizing, oh, I don't have the time or the skill to be able to do that. <laughs> so I would love to get a game like Yu-Gi-Oh! Forbidden Memories where I could just sit down and be like, okay, here's the strategy that's going to work 100% every time and that'll just like be my contribution. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm also thinking about speedrunning Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle because oh, I missed cool. that game. Uh, there are speedruns online for it, uh, or speedrun records, I should say, and it's about five hours and some odd. Hmm. So, yeah. Sounds fun. Yeah. Is that it? Yeah, as far as I know. Did you have anything else to add? No. All right, let's talk about this show. It's time to discuss the episode. This week, we are talking about Season 1, Episode 20, Double Trouble Duel, Part 2. Of 3. Of 3. I wondered how they were going to fit this into three episodes, because from the first episode, I was like, man, this is already a stretch, but by golly, they did it. <laughs> they stretched it even further. They stretched it even Like, I'm surprised this is not a five-parter at this rate, because this episode was slow. Um, Boy, I tell you, after having watched like a couple of episodes of um, Cowboy Bebop this morning going to this, it's almost like an insult. It's like a slap in the face. Yeah. <laughs> this is your <laughs> punishment for of, having good anime. <laughs> from a show of such high quality to Double Trouble Duel Part 2, it's um, it's painful. It is. No, it really is. And I, I think we both kind of experienced that Yu-Gi-Oh! whiplash <laughs> a couple of times. In the process of making this show. So, yeah, this episode really uh, isn't any exception to the rule, uh, I think, for for bad Yu-Gi-Oh. I, we've realized, or at least I've realized, I think, that there's good Yu-Gi-Oh and then there's bad Yu-Gi-Oh. And I think this three-parter is very much in the bad Yu-Gi-Oh. Yes. There's nothing in between. <laughs> it's all of the worst parts of Yu-Gi-Oh and none of the good. Right. Uh, so far. Now. I don't know. Maybe part three will be a surprise just a real slap behind finish uh so just to see if i can wriggle my way out of this did i do the summary last no week? i did god damn it so it's my <laughs> there's turn there's no way i'm going uh. to do this one <laughs> okay so let me see if i can do this um so we get a, a last time on Yu-Gi-Oh, and we're reminded that uh they were trapped in the caves and they're going through the caves and they find themselves in a dungeon and they're faced by para and docs the paradox twins uh, they are two of Pegasus's henchmen. Uh, they are eliminators, and they challenge Yugi and Joey to a tag team battle. So it's two on two, uh, and they up the ante one more by including this labyrinthine maze that the monsters have to make their way through to fight each other. So we pick up where we left off from the last episode, where uh, Yugi and Joey are uh, kind of figuring out the lay of the land still, and. They're done berating Joey for being so goddamn stupid, and they are kind of on the attack again. And they've got uh, Axe Raider and Elf Warrior. Uh, they, they've got Krull and Link, Link OC. OCs uh, <laughs> out on the, on, the, on the battlefield, and they are sort of facing the oncoming Labyrinth tank. Now, uh, as they progress through the maze we're reminded of various trap cards that have been laid one of which was the was it jirai giro which one was that it was the something similar it was the landmine spider oh yeah 
So I think that's the first thing that happens is the elf warrior. Elf warrior? No, the yeah. axe raider. One of these dipshits. Uh, Joey's describing, okay, so the axe raider has kunaila chains and the uh, the trap effect of kunaila chains that we saw in the last episode has worn off. It's no longer a trap, but it is still a good accessory. Uh, and I love that he calls it accessory and not like a weapon or yeah. a, a piece of equipment. No, he's accessorizing. Makes you think that he's got like wrapped the chain wrapped around his neck like a scarf and it's just kind of like dangling there. He's accessorizing. I mean, he kind of does. It's like, it's like wrapped like a bandolier around his chest and he's kind of holding, he's clutching it. It's really, it's a, it's a good look. It really brings out his eyes. Um, but so. Yu-Gi-Oh chic. <laughs> uh, I mean, Yu-Gi-Oh is a very fashionable show. I'm not going to yeah. lie. They've, they've, they've got, got some... all kinds of like belts and buckles and stuff hanging off them so a kunai with chain is not much more of a stretch what's that oh and joey's hair <laughs> joey's hair lauren points out which uh, i think we all decided is just hiding a unicorn horn <laughs> because it comes out way too far in front it's getting bigger and bigger i it, think in these certain episodes depending on who draws him i am willing to bet that somewhere in the animation brief they have a note saying that you can never see the top of joey's head it just continues forward until it disappears off the edge of the frame. <laughs> um, so anyway, so he's explaining that kunai with knives is a, is a good accessory, and he has Axe Raider walk forward in the, uh, the labyrinth, and he walks forward onto a tile that has been marked with a spider symbol, and everyone gasps because the dummy <gasps> that he is, Joey forgot about the trap card. Now... How did he know that trap cards were supposed to work like this in a labyrinthine maze? I, I genuinely don't know. Previously on Yu-Gi-Oh, uh, trap cards just activate whenever their owner feels like it, pretty much. So I don't know why it's now tile-based. I don't know when no that was established. No one's explained this to Joey or us. Or us. Or I... I Like, I feel like this is just something that, like, Yugi and his grandpa probably played. And that's it. Yeah. Like, I don't think anyone here actually explains it. Certainly not Para and Docs, except for when it works in their favor like it does now. Uh, so the landmine I get the spider... feeling that Yugi knows all this random cards that do crazy bullshit just because he was such a shut-in kid and had nothing better to do than constantly play cards with Grandpa. I think so, So he knows, yeah. like, encyclopedic knowledge of every single trap in Yu-Gi-Oh! and how you can, like, attack the floating castle's levitation circle to make it crash or whatever. Well, and it, and it feels like he's taking rules from a lot of different games, right? Like he's thinking, yeah. oh yeah, I, there's this one rule in uh, three-dimensional chess that kind of applies this way, so maybe we can just shoehorn that into Duel Monsters too. Uh, oh, you landed on that space, which means you owe me $300. <laughs> Yahtzee. Uh, you know, like, it's kind of just Calvin Ball at this point. Can you imagine if every time he transformed, instead of yelling, Yu-Gi-Oh! He just went, Yahtzee! <laughs> oh, man. That would be such an interesting... Because later on in the series, I forget what season, uh, maybe even this season. God, it goes on long enough. Um, they bring in uh, dice monsters. Oh, fun. So yeah. there is a dice game component. Like That would be really funny. Uh, but anyway, so the landmine spider pops out and... Uh, Which is an absolutely terrifying sentence. <laughs> it is. It's a terrifying looking monster, too, because like... It has, like, almost too human a face to me. Like, it's got spider eyes, but it has... It's got, like, a human-ish shaped head. Right. And then spider eyes and, like, a giant fanged, like, almost human mouth. With, but, but with, with too many pincers. Yeah. And too many arms. 
Um, and it comes out and it hugs uh, Axe Raider, and it looks like they're about to have a very passionate makeout sesh. <laughs> and uh, and so Yugi or no Joey is describing that he has enough attack points now to beat the Landmine Spider because of his kunai with chains. But there's another card that's out that decreases the monster's attack points. And I forget if that's the Landmine Spider or not that decreases. Anyway, they explain it back and forth to where the Landmine Spider beats the Axe Raider. So the Axe Raider is disintegrated. And the uh, the Labyrinth uh, dude... What's it called? Tank. Labyrinth, Labyrinth dude. Tank. I don't know why I spaced on that. Uh, the, the weird thing about Paradox Brothers is that all of their cards have very Japanese sounding names that they say maybe once or twice. And then the rest of the episode, they're referred to by these Americanized names. Like descriptions. Yeah. Like landmine spider or labyrinth tank, or later on, we'll have a few more examples that we'll, we'll get to. Um, and it makes it really difficult to keep track of what cards are talking about. Um, uh, somewhere in here, Yugi uh, summons, or Joey, pardon me, summons uh, Flame Swordsman. Yugi summons Dark Magician. Surprise, surprise. And the uh, Paradox Brothers, uh, I think Docs, we decided, uh, the one who sounds like Hulk Hogan. I don't know. Because uh, I, I saw think so. That's we, what you mentioned. We had the subtitles up, and at one point it says Docs while Docs is talking. So I, I think that's him. I'm just going to go ahead and and say that for now just Doc's for Hulk sake. Hogan and Para is the one who sounds like Dr. Tran. He does sound like Dr. Tran and this is really upsetting now that you've said it because I can't unhear it. <laughs> I'm not the duelist. I'm just a little boy. <laughs> I am four years old. Um Oh shit, it's Dr. Tran. Q for Dr. Tran. Welcome to our Dr. Tran fan cast. <laughs> uh if you don't know who Dr. Tran is, go to YouTube. You're welcome. Um, Go back in time, like ten years, <laughs> to when it was relevant. <laughs> Not quite as far back as when Yu-Gi-Oh was relevant. <laughs> um, God, yeah, no, I feel old. Um, okay, what happens next? Uh, so he summons Dark Magician, and no one's surprised. And uh, Para and Docs uh, play. I think Para plays another monster. No, Para plays a magic card. God. Timing of these is so difficult to remember. Because it because it doesn't go the turns don't go clockwise. They go back they, and forth. They're they like make an this X like, formation. Yeah, like an hourglass shape. Yeah. So it's so Yugi plays and then uh Para plays. Oh, okay, this is what happens. So Para plays the first of three cards that we're gonna see here. He plays a card. Uh, that has an official name that I'm not going to remember, but because he yeah, spends... Yeah, it was some, like, Chinese name. He spends so much time calling it the God of Water that you, you literally don't remember any other name. So Para starts explaining that there are three God cards that they have in their hands. He's not even explaining. He's, like, inner monologuing, but it turns out, like, a little while later that he wasn't inner monologuing the whole time. He was just mumbling to himself. <laughs> and that is the theme of this episode. So Para and Docs are apparently incapable of inner monologue because they start doing these spiels that have all the trappings of inner monologue. And they like even... explaining the cards, like what they do, like everyone always does when they bring out a card in this right. show. But they even do it and include shots where their mouth isn't moving. 
Yeah. And then it's, and then somebody will interrupt them and be like, all right, shut up and let me play this game. <laughs> yeah. Joey, I think literally says, quit mumbling to yourself and hurry up. So, uh, Para explains that there are these three cards. There's, uh, the God of water, the God of wind and the God of lightning is fire, fire. I think it's fire. Earthland and fire. Do you remember <laughs> the beginning of this anyway, episode? The, the three elemental Chinese god cards or something around those. Right. Lines. So he's explaining all of this, and Joey tells him to shut up, and uh, Doc's uh, then plays a card face down in defense mode. And uh, Joey's like, what, you're not going to even tell us like what it is? Uh, and, oh, no, pardon me. Hang on. Before, before I say that, I just want to say the dumbest. Here's maybe my worst part but it's important to the episode when para plays this god card it is not a monster that comes out on the field it is a sealed box that appears at one end of the field almost like a sarcophagus or something yeah yeah yeah. it's like um it's like that thing that they dug up in in egypt recently oh, yeah where they're like oh hey here's a sarcophagus that's like never been discovered that's jet or open. black yeah uh, what could possibly go wrong open that shit man i'm ready <laughs> let's do it bring on the plagues um, so it looks like that. It's a millennium item. It is. I'm convinced. Uh, so it looks like that and it's at the end of the field and everyone else goes, huh, I wonder what that could be. Oh, gee, what's, oh, I, I don't like that at all. <laughs> and Joey's like, all right, we'll find out when we burst it open. Right. <laughs> Let's even, go find out. Even though Joey just called out Para for mumbling about it. So he knows that it's the card that was just played that he literally just described its entire deal out loud and everyone's like oh i wonder what it is so anyway so that happens and then docs plays uh, a monster in defense mode face down and joey's like aren't you gonna tell us what it is and parag or docs goes no you have enough to worry about as the uh the landmine spider and the labyrinth tank close in on flame swordsman and dark magician uh, and as he says that you have enough to worry about, we see an image of the monster sort of superimposed on the face down card. Uh, and it's literally just a sandworm from Dune. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the Shai Hulud. It's exactly that. There's like, you could take the cover art from Dune and put it in this episode. And there would be no difference. Yep. Uh, and we fade out presumably to commercial, but we're watching it on Netflix. Thanks Netflix. And we fade back in on Mokuba. Right? Or does this come to... I think uh, it's Kaiba first. That's right. It's Kaiba first. So it's Kaiba... It's reestablishing that he's just wandering around the island by himself. Well, he's not wandering at this point because he's saying well, yeah, it must be close to Pegasus' castle now. So he's walking pretty... Because he can see Pegasus' castle in the distance and he's walking straight towards it. Yeah. I mean, it's a small <laughs> enough island. You can see it from any point on the island pretty much. So he's walking towards it and he's in a forest and uh, he is uh, startled? Not startled. He's interrupted. Uh, by a voice coming out from behind a tree going, ah, ha, ha, I knew you would return. Uh, and it's our old friend, Kimo, <laughs> who has the worst name. The worst name, but and, the best hair. And the best haircut. Uh, so Kimo, for those of you who may not remember, truly is the person whose haircut is hiding a unicorn horn because it is exactly unicorn horn shaped. It's just one big spike coming out of his forehead at like a, what, like an 80 degree angle? Yeah, something like that. It looks very uncomfortable. In earlier versions of the uh, of this character art, uh, like if you look back at, um, I think it's Journey to Duelist Kingdom when they first get on the boat, he's the one doing the announcement of like, okay, all duelists get on the boat. 
uh, and there is a matching horn going backwards, which makes it physically impossible for him to look up. <laughs> You're just poking himself in yeah, the back exactly, the whole time. Exactly. So they got rid of that, thank God. Um, but he still has this like weird front horn. Um, so he interrupts uh, Kaiba and is like, you know, uh, Pegasus knows that you're here. Uh, you're never going to make it. And I forget exactly what happens here. I think Kaiba just kung fus him to the ground. I think he like reaches for Kaiba and then Kaiba does this like move where he flips him over his back and onto the ground behind that's him. That's right. That's right. He judos him to the ground. Yeah. Pardon me. Uh, and... I'm convinced that in unedited versions of this episode, Kaiba also has a gun because Kimo gives up immediately. Yeah. And uh, he like submits essentially. And, and uh, Kaiba says, okay, well now you're going to take me to Pegasus. Yeah. He's like a trained security professional. Who's huge. He's a yeah. big guy. He's, he towers over Kaiba and yet he's like, Ooh, okay, I'll take you to the castle. Uh, and then we fade back to the duel, right? Or no, yeah. I think we see maybe a shot of Mokuba in there just still being sad because yeah. he is a literal child in an actual dungeon. And yeah, like you're going to be sad. Um, and then we fade back into the duel and the duel is going, uh, not stellar. No, it, but not bad either. So the uh, the spider and the tank are advancing, and the way that the labyrinth is set up, they're all kind of in this narrow hallway now, so there's not much room to move. And uh, at this point, uh, Yugi decides to play Magic Box. Is that right? Does that come next? I think before all this, um, Joey and uh, Yugi's cards were all like walking together through this dungeon. That's right, yeah. And then one of the Paradox Brothers plays um, whatever the Mystic Labyrinth. Mystic Labyrinth. The same, I think it's the same card as before, it, but it just it rearranges is. the Labyrinth. Right. So the all the walls in the Labyrinth change. And although uh, Joey and, and Yugi's monsters were traveling together before, now they have been separated. Um, so now what happens? No. No, no, no. You know what? That happens later. So oh. here's here's the here's because it's so important to get the details absolutely correct in Yu-Gi-Oh. Here's what happens. So in the card game portion. So they're already separated. They are on opposite sides of the wall from each other. Mm. And uh the spider and the labyrinth tank are closing in on just flame swordsmen. And uh Dark Magician is on the other side of this happening. So usually, I guess, monsters can attack through walls. Makes sense. Yeah. Sure. That's why they put the labyrinth up. So what happens is Yugi plays the magic box card. Oh, yeah. And, I remember now. And what that does is Dark Magician is sort of swallowed by uh, this box that is, it's got, you know, it's black. It's got yellow question marks on it. It looks like a prop from a magic show. Yeah. And in fact, it is. And what happens is, is swords rain down from the sky uh, as, as Yugi sort of proselytizes. And uh, the the swords pierce the box, and Para and Daksha are like, what? what? Why is he... He sacrificed his own creature. Yeah, wh- how could he be so foolish to, to make this move? And uh, Yugi goes, it's, it's not a sacrifice. And the box opens, uh, or no, pardon me, another box is revealed, and that box uh, engulfs the landmine spider. Yeah. And... Uh, the boxes close and the box with the swords in it opens, revealing that it was actually Landmine Spider who's been stabbed by all the swords. 
And in the spot where Landmine Spider was, it's Dark Magician completely unharmed. So they swap places. Yep, killing uh, the the spider. So now you've got the Dark Magician and uh, Flame Swordsman facing down uh, the Landmine tank. Or the part, I'm getting my monsters mixed up, the Labyrinth tank. Uh, and everyone's celebrating. Yay, we got rid of the spider. And he goes, okay, now for A the... A landmine tank. It's, it blows itself up. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Just kind of drops one in front of it. Yeah, whoops. Whoops. <laughs> uh, so uh, then Dark Magician turns to the tank and uh, casts, what is it, dark lightning attack, dark magic attack, uh, yeah. you know, whatever it is, and uh, also kills the tank. So... Good job, Yugi. Good job, Dark Magician. We're very, very proud of you. Uh, except now what happens is uh, they play the defense uh, mode monster in attack mode. And it is the uh, the Shailud. It's the, it's the sandworm. It's the, what do they call it? The Some giant worm or something. I think they called it the the labyrinth worm. Is that right? Sounds familiar, but I genuinely can't remember. It's okay. It's a giant they worm. Keep giving everything two names in this episode. They do. So they call it the worm, uh, and they also play the second of the three god cards that they mentioned, which I believe is the god of wind. Yes. Uh, and the worm then uh, swallows up. Uh, oh, this is the monster I was forgetting about. Uh, the elf warrior. Oh yeah, that's that's why I'm picturing a third monster in my head. Is there was, and it was very inconsequential because the first thing that it does is die, <laughs> uh, and it, it gets swallowed up by the worm, and the worm can move anywhere on the board by digging underneath, and it pops out and swallows uh, the elf warrior whole, uh, and it's. Uh, why did the sandworm hide underneath the labyrinth? Because he was a shy halud. That's a little Dune humor for you, folks. Okay, it's been great, everybody. See ya. <laughs> That's the end of the show. Um, no, so yeah, so it's kind of a uh, it's a it's a vor episode there for a little bit. Um, and at first, they're thinking, oh yeah, there's like an extended shot of the worm like bursting forth from the ground and just kind of gnashing on Elf Warrior for it, a bit. And it's ma- and it's made worse because the reason that it takes so long is at first. Yugi is thinking, well, the elf warrior has more attack points than the worm, so it's fine. But then they play a magic card called what is it? Enervate? Un it's yeah. An energize. Oh. It's not energize, but it's it's some it's a weird term. I'm trying to remember. It's not enervate because that's sapping energy. It's it's invigorate. Invigorate. Yeah. yeah so, there you go. So they invigorate the worm. <laughs> Uh, which <laughs> the the other brother plays that, uh-huh. and so there, there's some comment about invigorating his brother's worm, <laughs> which is a very bizarre sentence to say out loud and to hear. Uh, and it's so weird I apologize. because it, it, there's this like rainbow of light that comes out and uh, engulfs the worm, and the worm like bulges and grows, and then it then it eats the uh, the elf warrior whole. Um, yeah, so here we are. Time to. <laughs> Time to duel, I guess. Um, Lauren is laughing at us talking about a bulging worm. <laughs> it's really upsetting. It's really upsetting, you guys. So, 
This it, is a children's show. Th- this is no longer a children's show. I am sorry. This got this episode gets really weird because they're all talking about how hard this worm is to beat, uh, <laughs> and how how much how excited they are about um, invigorating it. And it continues to get weirder because that turn ends, and uh, I don't even remember what Yugi and Joey do. If anything, do they do anything? I think Yugi. Puts two cards face down. Oh yeah, he like. Panicked. Oh no, that's that's later on. That's I think. later, yeah. I I don't know that they do anything before the next thing that I remember happening is Para. So I think Doc's played the worm, and Para puts down a card, a monster card called Monster Tamer. Oh yeah, that guy comes out, and uh, it's, it's really weird. It's very. It's like this emaciated bearded guy who like growls at them yeah he makes a very specific sound he goes kind of like eh. <laughs> eh. yeah yeah like in the middle of while someone is talking it like cuts to the uh the monster tamer it's just like eh. yeah it's you know it's while para is describing what it does and he's like usually i cannot control my brother's monsters no pardon me he's doing a much more racist version that usually i cannot control my brother's monsters and then monster tamer goes eh. <laughs> Uh, and he's describing, so the monster tamer, essentially what it does is it adds attack points to the worm and it allows para to control the worm on his turn as well. So they, they kind of get to use the worm twice, which would be like a completely useless scenario, except in this specific context of the labyrinth. Their decks are completely built around this. So, uh, they have, can you imagine if they were fighting and they didn't have the labyrinth out? They'd be they they'd be useless. Yeah, they would die instantly. And I mean, essentially, because like because we're still at that point in the show where they haven't really figured out the rules of the game yet. Like they haven't figured out tribute summoning, and they really haven't figured out like the graveyard yet. Uh, and you can just like if he had it, if it was plot relevant enough, Yugi could just play Dark Magician right off the bat. But Dark Magician has 2,200 attack points. So if Yugi goes first, well, no, okay, I guess he can't attack the... Anyway, Yugi can play a 2,200 attack point monster just like, well, okay, just right off the bat. Okay, done. All right. Well, that's, I mean, that's more than however many life points anyone else has. So, yeah, eh, okay. It's surprising he hasn't done that yet, considering that's like one of... We were talking about this earlier, and this is like one of ten cards in his deck, and five of them are Exodia. Yeah, I'm convinced that the heart of the cards means something completely else than like what we're being told it means, because Yugi, we see his deck. We see that it's like 30 to 40 yeah, cards. Yeah, it's like a standard deck of cards sized thing. But somehow every duel, he plays Beaver Warrior, uh, Elf Warrior. Dark Magician. Uh, Dark Magician, Feral Imp, Dark Magician Girl. That's five. And then the other five are Exodia. So like <laughs> Or were Exodia. Or were Exodia. They got chucked overboard. Well, I mean, they're saved. They they were saved, right? Yeah. They're just waterlogged or something? I don't know. So anyway, so uh they uh they freak out because of this worm and uh Yugi plays magic hats. What Magical Hats does is it hides the two remaining monsters underneath four Magical Hats. We've seen this used once before, uh, actually with Dark Magician as well, uh, when Yugi was dueling Evil Kaiba. Mm. You remember this? Yeah, the old hat trick. And what it does is it sort of randomizes what 
monster is under what hat. So you have to... And shuffles them around. Exactly, yeah. So you have to kind of take a risk because you're either going to get nothing or, as you explained, you're going to get Dark Magician. And Dark Magician still has more attack points than uh, the Worm. Yeah. So if the Worm gets Dark Magician, the Worm dies. So that also keeps the Flame Swordsman safe because the Flame Swordsman has fewer attack points. And is also under a hat. And is also under a hat. So uh, they, uh, it's it's Para and Dox's turn again, and Para uses the uh, the monster tamer to attack one of the hats and comes up empty. And we get a really great shot of uh, one of these sort of magician top hats. The top pops off, and this giant worm comes <laughs> shooting out just straight up and grabs at nothing, uh, and goes back down, leaving a a giant hole. In Very the... disappointing that the worm doesn't just wear the hat. Oh. Hello, my baby. Hello, my honey. <laughs> Hello, my ragtime. We missed out on an opportunity there. Yeah. Uh, what does he say though? Paris says something really funny. He's like, "Ah, empty hat," and that's it. That's the whole. <laughs> that's the whole thing. And uh, then it comes to Joey's turn, and Joey goes, or uh, yeah. So it comes to Joey's turn, and Joey's like, "Well, uh, now that one of the hats is empty." It really like our chances of being found out are less and less. Yeah, I have a plan here, and he's like, "I'm gonna have uh, flame swordsman come out of the magical hats," and everyone's like, "Joey, are you sure? Like that's that's putting him in danger. Like that's a really bad idea. You fucked up once before. Like we really don't trust you. Uh, we're your friend, but we hate you." Um, and he goes, "No, no, no. For once, I actually do know what I'm doing, and I hate." I hate that he has to say for once because just believe in yourself, Joey. Come on, Come Joey. on. You've got this. You've done really well so far, and I'm very proud of you, my boy. Uh, and he has uh, Flame Swordsman come out of the hat, and he plays the magical card called Salamandra. And Salamandra not only boosts the attack points of all flame-related blades. Is <laughs> Which is an extremely specific. <laughs> very specific. Is it flame-related, and is it a blade? Uh, so it boosts the attack points of Flame Swordsman because Flame Swordsman is wielding a flame-related blade, supposedly. And it also, because the worm, this is what Bakura explains, the worm has a weakness to fire because that's just a thing, I guess. I guess, yeah. Nobody else This nobody is Bakura's else ever explains like this. one line of dialogue in the entire episode. Yeah, it's Bakura sort of writing in a rule, I think. I don't... Yeah. I'm willing to bet that it, there is no such weakness, but because Bakura said it, it became true. It's sort of a sort of a stranger than fiction sort of thing. <laughs> and uh, so there, it has a weakness to fire, so that reduces the worm's attack points so that Flame Swordsman has more attack points than the worm and defeats it in combat. No more worm. So now uh, the worm disintegrates and uh, the uh, the brothers lose some life points. Uh, I just want to point out that every time the brothers lose any life points, they scream in pain. They do. They're they like, do. ah! See, I have a theory about that because, um, uh, what's his name? Panic did the same thing. Uh-huh. He was like really worried about losing life points. I have a theory. So you know how the uh, the eliminators, I keep wanting to say like executors, <laughs> the eliminators have the larger starship bracelets. Mm. I think those are equipped with some sort of like poison delivery service. Oh. And I think that every time they lose life points, they lose life points. So, or like some kind of electroshock thing yeah. tied into the game systems. Something is delivering them physical pain for losing. And I think that's something that Pegasus would have set up. 
That makes sense. It's fucked up. That or none of these guys like ever lose life points, and so it's just extremely shocking to them when they lose even a tiny bit in Yu-Gi-Oh. That's true. That's true. But Pegasus is also the guy who has captured an old man's soul and is keeping a child in an actual dungeon. That's so true. I think all bets are off either way. <laughs> uh, so they scream in pain as they lose life points, blah, blah, blah. Um, and uh, Joey and, and Yugi are kind of on the offensive again, and they're feeling really good about it, and they move forward in the labyrinth. Uh, and uh, somewhere in there, oh, no, it's before the magical hats come out. The labyrinth changes again and splits yeah. them all up and all of that. It doesn't really matter. Um, I made the one dumb joke, yo, dog, I heard you like labyrinth, so I put labyrinth in your <laughs> labyrinth so you can labyrinth while you labyrinth. See, I was kind of hoping that playing two labyrinth cards would, like, just have a second labyrinth like and mesh itself in the first labyrinth so like all the passageways would get disconnected from each other yeah like i really wanted like a 3D chess thing going on here but no it just changes the walls yeah disappointing yeah uh so they're they're making their way downtown uh walking fast uh and they uh get to para and dox's turn and one of them i forget which plays the final god card that they need well before all this i think um, there's that second flash, not really flashback, but it flashes oh, over yeah. to Kaiba. Yep. Again. So, so it flashes over to Kaiba and, uh, Kaiba and Kimo reach the walls of Pegasus's castle. And, uh, Kimo is like at the door and Kaiba saying, okay, now enter the passcode and let us in. And Kimo is like, I mean, you know, this is useless, right? Like Pegasus probably already knows you're here somehow. Yeah. And we see a shot of Pegasus like in his eye flashes and it does that really cool like anime sound uh, when things flash. Yeah, that exactly. And uh, Kaiba's like, well, oh, well, you're still going to let me in. And uh, Kimo was like, don't you think we should like ring the bell <laughs> or right, knock yeah. or something like that? Something and, along those and lines. And he goes, no, you're going to enter the password and let me in. Uh, or what does he say? He's like, I'm going to knock you out here and now or something. I'm going yeah. to take you out is what he says. Uh, which again, furthers my theory that he is definitely holding a gun in the original because Kimo's like, oh, okay, sure. Fine. So he enters a passcode and, uh, a, a secret door opens and they walk into, uh, sort of the entry hallway of the dungeon. And then it cuts to, does it cut to Mokuba at this point too? Yeah, at some point it cuts to Mokuba. And so Mokuba is still in the dungeon, uh, and he's being very sad, and he's looking at his picture that he has of, of him and uh, uh, Kaiba. And he's reminiscing about how, when they were in the orphanage together, Kaiba made the decision to stick with Mokuba no matter what. Like, he could have gone off with another family. Um, you know, everyone's saying that he's a genius even at a young age, and everyone wanted to adopt him, but he refused to go without Mokuba which makes me wonder how big a shit Mokuba is that nobody wanted to take him. <laughs> yeah, we could get this like brilliant billionaire genius son, but he'll have to come with this other brother. He's kinda, he's, his hair is too shaggy. I yeah. don't know. So, yeah. So it, it kind of puts things in perspective for me a little bit about M Mokuba's uh, capacity of being a dick. Um, well, as we remember from the manga, it's because Mokuba was like perfectly willing to slice people's fingers off with a knife. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Okay. So there it is. <laughs> um, thanks. Thanks, original series. Uh, Providing up. some much needed context. And uh, yeah, so he's kind of thinking about that. Again, I do want to point out this flashback was in black and white. Yes, it was. 
Again, I think Mokuba is colorblind. I don't think that this has any any bearing on anything else to do with the story. I just want to keep pointing that out because it's literally the only time that we have a black and white flashback. So that happens. We cut back to the duel and the final of the three uh, elemental god cards is played and it's the god of fire, right? Yeah. And they are uh, summoned out of their sarcophagi, revealing three ancient and mystical creatures that swirl together in some sort of a, a whirlpool of magical energy, uh, forming the Gate Guardian. Well, as you'll, as you'll no doubt remember from the first season of Bionicle, um, they are forming what looks like a Toa Kaito. Which... Yeah, you said this multiple times <laughs> while we were watching it. I did not know what you were talking about. So explain. Well, it's when three Toa join together into a Toa Kaito, which is a being of immense power and wisdom. So... And they, they, uh, they form this at the entrance to Makuta's lair to defeat the Manas. But then as they step into Makuta's lair, the sheer uh, energy of... Um, Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Just destructive power and uh, entropy force uh, tears them apart into the original Toa, and they have to once again work together as a team instead of as these super Toa. Ah. Huh? Read a fucking book. <laughs> Play with some Legos. <laughs> See, what you described to me is essentially just a Lego menage a trois. <laughs> I mean, kind of. It's basically gem fusion. Okay. All right. So, um, okay. Well, I'm happy but for it, you. But it looks exactly like a Toa Kaita because there's, um, it's like a Kaita of um, Tahu, Lewa, and um, Gali because it's red, green, and blue. Okay. All right. <laughs> I keep forgetting that you are like America's foremost expert on Bionicle. <laughs> Uh, and every time Let it surprises me. Let me get you me. A, a photo of these guys so okay. you know what I mean. So essentially, just for the listeners, what's happening is uh, the the three uh, elemental gods are revealed to be these kind of like floating, uh, they're like robot looking things. They're like, um, they're like if, if you've played. Uh, there they are. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what that looks like. You, yeah. You should post that to the Instagram uh, just to be like, oh, here's this. Or post a, a side by side of. The yeah, card, the I'll, card, the uh, I'll figure something and, uh, out. Yeah. So what it is is like, if you've ever played like a Pokemon game, like a recent Pokemon game, Metang, do you know that one? Uh, it sounds familiar. So I can't remember or, what it or looks like. Or like a Geodude. Yeah. So think of Geodude. It's a, it's a big rock and it's got two beefy arms, right? All three of these guys are like that. And uh, they're just different colors. There's a, there's a blue one, a white one, and a, a red one. And they combine... In a way that's essentially just the three of them stacked up on each other? Yeah. And They're just it. random parts of them, like, jammed into each other to form one creature. It's sort of a really underwhelming Voltron. Yeah. And uh, so one, the arms form the, the legs and the feet. Another one, the arms form the actual arms. And another one, the arms form the, like, midsection, the, the kind of torso region. Um, and it stands there menacingly i guess uh but everyone instantly knows what this is so yugi this whole time has been saying like oh no i like i sense a dark force in those boxes what could this possibly be and as soon as it's revealed he goes oh no the the trinity the elemental trinity oh yeah as much power as exodia 
like he was able to like mystically sense the like the evil energies in these cards even though there's still just cards with holograms they're yeah. not like actual things well, or are they or are they Ooh, spooky so um he's kind of freaking out like these cards have as much power as exodia which doesn't really make sense to me in like a game balance sense because it's three cards and you can play them at any time as opposed to five cards you have to play all together anyway uh so they summoned the gate guardian and the paradox brothers are talking how they've never been defeated when using the gate guardian the gate guardian is all powerful and will uh send them to their graves and they'll be writing uh their names on gravestones for them soon and and all these things in rhyme of course in rhyme of course which i'm not going to try to replicate here uh and they realize you know oh we really don't have anything powerful enough to attack the gate guardian. So uh, Yugi plays a couple of cards face down. Uh, Joey sweats some more and uh, they essentially like pass turn because they don't have anything that they can usefully do against the gate guardian. Uh, and they, you know, just kind of keep moving towards it because it's inevitable at this I point. I think, at, is this when Yugi just plays two cards face down? He does, yeah. So he's he, he literally says, like, I don't have anything to fight this. All I can do is play these two cards. Exactly. And I think Para tries to make fun of him for like wasting a turn, but we all know that those two cards are what's going to win the match, right? Yeah. Like, we know that that's what's going to happen. One of them is a trap card. One of them swords are revealing light. Uh, it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. I don't know that one of those swords are revealing light because I don't remember this next episode. So if it is, I am going to be very happy. I don't know. I was going to say like, you owe me money or something, but no, that's not it. Um, yeah. And then uh, it comes to the gate guardian's turn and the gate guardian uh, charges up its lasers and it's going to attack the dark magician to be continued. And yeah. And the episode fades out there. I think we missed a part with Kaiba though. Did we? When, oh, yeah, that's right. in the tunnels. Yeah, 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 I knew that there was something else. So before the lasers charge up. Fire in my lasers. But, but right after the gate guardian is summoned, but before the lasers charge up. Uh, There's a lot of just random stuff we can't keep track of in this episode. And I think I've nailed it down. Most of this episode is really taken up by the Paradox Brothers and their incessant need to rhyme. And it is so, the, like the rhymes are forced, first off, uh, and, like there was even there was one where you fit in the the team rocket. Uh, it fit in rhyme. perfectly. It really did. Um, but they, the voices also are so overwhelmingly different that you could tell that there's like a weird shift between like recording sessions for when they did these. So it's not like as smooth as it could be, and it's just impossible to keep up with what's actually going on because it's all broken up with 30 seconds of rhymes yeah and then action happens and then 30 seconds of rhymes and then action happens and then and it's just it i don't know it makes i can't it stop thinking of you, know, you of course remember homestar runner and the the cheat commandos yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember? I think it was Firebert who is the the character who is just a parody of these kinds of people who are rhyming all the time. Except his rhymes were all just completely shitty, and it was like, "Tonight is my favorite night. I think it is my favorite night." Hoo hoo hey hey. Yep. It's all that kind of thing, it's just that, constantly. That's the exact yeah. That those those are the kinds of rhymes we're talking about, and it's just distracting, and it's impossible to keep track of anything. Um, I will say I was very thankful because while we were watching the episode, I couldn't remember the name of a card. So I, uh, so I went 
to uh, what is it? The Yu-Gi-Oh! Wikia, which I'm actually pretty impressed by. And if you go to the episode summary, not only does it give you an episode summary, it gives you a featured duel and it gives you a turn-by-turn description of everything that happens during this duel. Wow. Yeah. So that's that's how we know uh, what all is what all is going on. Uh, also, so if you actually want to know what happens in this duel, instead of our half-remembered dreamscape, you can go straight <laughs> to the source where someone has compiled helpful information for you. Yeah, so yugio.wikia.com. I also just want to call out, I've been calling it Elf Warrior this whole time. I was just reminded it's Celtic Guardian. Oh. So sorry. So sorry. Celtic Guardian died. It's an elf warrior. Come on. It's Link from Legend of Zelda. (laughs) But with some shit taped to him. It's Zelda from Zelda. (laughs) Um, And... uh, It's Lonk. (laughs) (laughs) It has that same expression of just dumbfounded. (laughs) Dumbfounded awe. Um, It's my dude. It is my dude. I just want to say, so I'm very proud of Jimmy because Jimmy helped reintroduce a meme uh, or introduce it from scratch. I thought I saw it once before, but where you name Link in any Zelda game, my dude, and it makes the game really relaxed. And that was uh, a a uh, donation incentive at Games Done Quick over the summer to name Link my dude in Skyward Sword, and it raised like $3,000 or It was like some insane amount of money, and uh, I'm so glad that my original stupid tweet that I never thought like more than three people would see, but I think it's got like 13 million views. And it, yeah. And it keeps getting reposted to imager and things yeah. like that. So yeah. 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 That was me. That was, that was and Jimmy. Now my dude has actually raised money for kids with cancer and uh, doctors without borders. We hope that one day they'll be able to buy those borders back. <laughs> They're like, Hey, we we want our our bookstore back. <laughs> They're yes. without borders. That's yep. That's exactly it. Uh. Anyway, what the hell happened here? Uh, it was the end of the episode, but we were talking about Kaiba in we're the talking tunnels. about Kaiba. Kaiba in the tunnels. So, uh, Kimo tunnel is, snakes rule. Kimo is guiding Kaiba through the tunnels. <laughs> and uh, oh Jesus! I just realized your Fallout Three joke. Thank you. Uh, Tunnel labyrinth worms rule. (laughs) So uh, Kimo is guiding Kaiba. Uh, We just need uh, one more K name here, I guess. No, never mind. I'm sorry. I apologize for that. Kimo with a K is still so weird to me. It feels bad. Um, So Kimo's guiding Kaiba through the dungeons, and uh, he kaiba says something pithy like uh i asked you to take me to my brother not for a tour we've been walking for days or whatever and uh and kimo's like well these tunnels honeycomb this island if you get lost downhill down here you'll be stuck for like years yeah exactly and and so kaiba is like uh, don't don't get any clever ideas and uh Kimo's like, oh, I I should, could leave you here right now and you never find your way out. And Kaiba gets really close to him again. And like, again, I'm convinced he has a gun, right? And he's like, oh, I could take you out right here. And Kaiba's like, oh, well, in that case, I'd be more than happy to take you to your brother Mokuba. Yeah. And, and he stops in the middle of the passageway and just presses a, like a secret um, switch yeah, in the floor like with a his foot. Tile. Yeah. And it, <laughs> it sinks into the floor just a little bit. And there's uh, like a click. Mm-hmm. And then alarms start blaring, and uh, Kaiba goes, the alarm, 
<laughs> that's, that's the full line, folks. Great writing. And uh, runs off, essentially. And he's like, yeah. okay, I'm going to go find Mokuba on my own. And uh, we cut to Pegasus, uh, who's still drinking the same glass of wine. Mm, it's going to be a new he, glass he, of wine, right? It's definitely. He is several glasses of wine deep at this point. Yeah, and it's impossible to tell, like, He's constantly how just sloshing him. <laughs> yeah, like, I want to know, is this... He just has, like, a high tolerance to grape juice nudge nudge wink wink or uh or if he's just constantly drunk whenever we see him like he's just got like he's maintaining a buzz and he's just like sipping wine every couple of seconds there it is there it is uh and croquet comes in and croquet says sir uh we uh we we heard from chemo right that uh kaiba has been spotted in the dungeons and uh we see even from a, a profile Pegasus's uh, millennium eye is glowing yellow, and he says, "Once again, Croquet, you're the last person to know these things. You're really a terrible security officer." Uh, and uh, he goes, "We'll we'll deal with Kaiba." And uh, then we cut to Mokuba. Well, first, oh yeah, he has this absolutely terrible line where it's like, I think uh, Croquet says, "Oh, I I beg your forgiveness, sir." And Kaiba says something along the lines of, you'll beg when I punish you later. Oh, that's right. <laughs> he stands up when he says that, too, yeah. I remember. He, like, puts his wine down, and he stands up from the table, and he goes, you'll beg. When, oh, how does, he, how does he say it? Mm. Yeah, he does. He, I feel like everything Pegasus says is either uh, uh, immediately before or after a, mm. Yeah, he's always hamming it up with uh, just, like, some... Uh. Yeah, so there's definitely a... Uh, well, back to the first interaction that we saw between uh, Croquet and, and, and Pegasus, where Croquet says, Sir, the prisoner escaped. And Pegasus goes, mm, Which one? Yeah. Uh, like, there's definitely, I think there's like a good dungeon and a bad dungeon. Yeah. <laughs> and Mokuba is in the bad dungeon. Yeah. And there's Mok- a completely other, a, a complete different dungeon that is not shown here on this right. show. The handcuffs it's for are kids. much softer. <laughs> and uh, so we cut to Mokuba in the bad dungeon, the bad place. <laughs> And Dungeon Two, and uh, Mokuba still look <laughs> Dungeon Two, <laughs> Dungeon Boogaloo, uh, and uh, Mokuba is still looking at the picture of of Kaiba, and he's like, "Oh, big brother, when are you gonna come save me?" And he hears off in the distance Kaiba shouting, "Mokuba!" And he goes, "He's here! He's here to save me!" And then we cut back to the duel, yeah, and we cut back to Paradox. I think probably saying, "No one's going to save you now," because that's just how this show rolls. And uh, the lasers charge up on the gate guardian and we get a, a nice shot from behind uh, dark magician sort of facing down gate guardian as it fires its laser or and uh, the episode ends. That's it. That says it. to be continued. Yep. As if we haven't seen enough of this, this duel already. You know, I mean, like I was saying, like I really didn't think that this episode even warranted one episode uh when it first started now i'm like okay yeah we're getting we're getting two out of this just because we're bringing in like kaiba and and you know how much blood can we wring from this stone right (laughs) right uh and the gate guardian like the gate guardian would have been interesting to have in episode one i think if they'd sort of brought that wrinkle in rather than the labyrinth that might have been nice but now we've got the labyrinth, the traps, the walls, the, the hats, the, the worm, hats, the worm, the well, the worm's gone now, yeah. but we had the worm. Maybe there's another worm coming out. Who knows? Uh, and now we have the gate guardian. So, yeah. So, uh, sure, we'll do one more episode of this. 
but boy, am I glad that we're done with the Paradox Brothers after this episode. Yeah. 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 Their, their, uh, their gimmick gets pretty thin after a while. Yeah. Uh, but now that we're done talking about the episode, Jimmy, what was your favorite part? My favorite part was uh, Pegasus's line that I just talked about earlier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Freaking oh, Pegasus. Pegasus. Everything Pegasus does is just hilarious to me. I still, I mean, like, I'm glad that it's not a Pegasus show, but I think Pegasus could very easily have his own show where he's the protagonist. Yeah. Like, he's kind of a Batman figure in a way. His, kind of. His superpower is that he's rich. Yeah. <laughs> what was your your favorite part? I'm trying to decide. I, I think my favorite part was when Joey finally did something good and his friends just, like, let him have that. Yeah, they were all like, yay, good job, Joey. Yeah, we like, believe in you, Joey. Great job, Joey. Because every time that Joey does something good, he does so in confidence, knowing that, yes, this is a good thing that I'm doing. I have a plan that will work, and it's going to get me where I need to go. And we've seen that with uh, the uh, Red Eyes Black Dragon. We've seen that with Knowing the Riddle. We've seen that with... Uh, the lava golem and the swamp golem, um, or is it ogre? Ogre golem. Do you remember no. what I'm talking about? Where they have like the the brothers in arms. Yeah, I think they're moment. ogres. I think they're ogres. Anyway, lava ogre, swamp ogre, um, onion slayers, <laughs> uh, and donkey. <laughs> and you know we've seen this time and time again with Joey, where he's like, I know the thing, and the poor guy just gets the worst luck because always immediately after like something happens because it's a bullshit game that turns his plan around on him and everyone goes the well we as the audience go it's not joey's fault like that's just how this bullshit works it's either bullshit magic or somebody making up a new rule or something that nobody could have ever prepared for except yugi who can't do anything wrong right and the response that all of his friends have is Oh, you fucked up again, Joey. <laughs> Joey, Joey, you dipshit. You, you dipshit. You can't do anything right. <laughs> well, you, you meant well, Joey. You know, Joey, good job, but it was wrong. Joey, you ding dong. Literally in the last episode, Yugi says, Joey, that's great that you knew that riddle, but your answer was wrong. And here's why. And here's why <laughs> I'm gonna you're bad. I'm going to explain it in front of everybody, including our enemies. <laughs> and I just, I want, I just want nice things for Joey. Joey finally has his moment where he does a good thing with getting flame swordsmen out of the magic hats and gets Salamanstra and all these things. And he defeats the worm and everyone's like, yeah, that was a legitimately good play. Good job, Joey. And it doesn't blow up in his face. And I, I'm proud of my boy. Joey is just everyone's punching bag. Yeah, he is. And it bugs me. And I'm, I'm just, I'm glad that we didn't get that again this episode. What do you think, Pepper? Yeah, you know, I agree. I agree. I don't think that Joey's a dog. I think that you might want Joey to be a dog, but maybe for different reasons. Because you are a dog, Pepper. Yeah. You guys can be friends. So, uh, yeah, so that's my favorite. Uh, What's your worst? Oh, you want me to do worst first? Yeah. Worst first. Uh, My worst... God damn. Um... I think my worst is 
I kind of mentioned this earlier, but the Paradox Brothers will say the real name of the card first and then like a made up name of the card second. Yeah, just like a descriptor of the card. Yeah. So like the the landmine spider or the worm, they it has a name, but they call it the worm from thenceforth. Uh same for the the god of water, the god of wind, the god of fire. Uh, and the Gate Guardian. The Gate Guardian has a really badass-sounding name that they said once, and I don't remember it because they just keep calling him the Gate Guardian. And then it gets worse because they call him Gate Guardian, and then they call it Trinity. Yeah. And you forgot calls about it that. the Trinity. <laughs> the Holy Trinity. No, and that's and that's cards. the thing. And and then they say the 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 names of the gods of the different elements combine and and I'm sitting there thinking like, okay, yeah, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, we've got the Trinity here in front of us and it's a Go Yahweh. And he's going to <laughs> obliterate. <laughs> uh and like that I just I don't ask for much from this show. But just figure your shit out when you're talking about your goddamn card game that is the whole point of this show. Yeah. Like, I know that the game in the show and the game in real life are very different. But They're if you different. want, like, one of these cards, you want to go find, like, the actual name of the card instead of just calling it the worm or whatever. Right. So, like, am I looking for Jero? I'm, okay, no, I'm going to look up the name. of the, I've got the wiki, the wiki <laughs> open on my phone. Uh, or am I looking for, like, Gate Guardian or Trinity or, uh, you know, uh, Voltron or... I don't know. Um, okay, so the worm is actually just dungeon worm, so not much worse there. Um, -bum -bum, monster tamer, salamandra. Uh, okay, so Kazajin is. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, so Kazajin is the demonic wind deity which is the first one that they play. Which I don't think they ever call it as. No, so that's what I'm saying, is they say it once, uh, and that's it. And after that, they call it the the wind deity. Um, and then there's Senga of the Thunder, which I guess is the, like, water one? Uh, or, like, of the storm? Or wind. Wind, yeah. Uh, and Suijin is the fire one. And then they all form Kazajin. Oh, no, pardon me. They, they Swedish and his brother Norgeway. <laughs> uh, and they all fuse together to form Gate Guardian. Okay, and I guess it is just called Gate Guardian. But they, uh, let me see here. Gate Guardian. The Nordic countries. Ghetto Guardian is the chap. Oh, so Gate Guardian. Yeah, in just Japanese. Um, all right. So, but anyway, yeah. So I guess it is just called Gate Guardian. So that's a little bit better. But they, but then they start calling it Trinity, which makes me very uncomfortable. It's weird. It's weird. So I, I just want a little bit of consistency in the show. That's all I ask for. Um, yeah, that's my worst here. What's your worst? Uh, if I can get a little meta for a second, the Please worst, do. the worst is not anything in the episode, but the way they structured this three parter, mm -hmm. uh, just, taking what could be two-thirds of an episode and just stretching it into three separate episodes. Right. It's the Hobbit effect. Yes. There, there's yes. enough Thank information you. here for uh, a pretty good single episode, but they're just they're stretching it out way too far, and it's so tedious having to 
come back like three weeks in a row and watch this same thing over and over again. I was genuinely dreading recording this episode. <laughs> I'm I a did, little mad. I did not know what this episode had in store for us, and I was pre- totally prepared for this to be like a 15-minute episode of us going, it was shit. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah, I mean, it's about an hour-long episode of us going, it's shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that's, that's my... Uh... That's my worst. So Everything would, is worse. So, so far, how would you structure it? If you could re-edit the two of the three parts we've seen so far, what would you do? Um, I would cut out a lot of the uh, the duel itself and focus more on the characters. I'd focus more on, um, like, just concentrate all the best parts of the rhyming duelist brothers. I'd concentrate a lot more on... Um, what Kaiba's doing down in the the dungeons and like sneaking onto the island and um yeah it doesn't have to be three episodes doesn't really even have to be two episodes i agree yep i completely agree just have them beat these two guys uh destroy the gate guardian and you're done just then you can move on to the two doors that they didn't even mention at all in this episode but was so important in the last episode I think, yeah, so that's the big thing for me. If if we could, in a perfect world, re-edit these episodes, I would... I call not it. <laughs> I would... Oh, man. No, I'm not going to put that much effort into it. <laughs> uh, I would get rid of the riddle, uh, the where like one of them is telling the truth and one of them is always lying. I would just cut that out entirely. Yeah. I would start with, okay, uh, labyrinth card. There's the labyrinth element. That gets explained. And then the very first card that one of them plays is the the God of Wind or whatever. And they introduce that three-card thing because that puts a time limit on it as yeah. well. So it adds that extra bit of stress where it's like, okay, not only do they have to get through a labyrinth, figure out these like monsters that can get around the labyrinth, um, but then also like... Yeah, I'd keep the worm and I'd keep the uh, the thing that went through the walls the last yeah, episode. Yeah, the like, shadow monster. And I'd keep the... Pepper, what are you doing? Come He's here, just bud. crying just constantly. Come here. Come here. Do you want to be part of the show? He's just sitting there. He doesn't even want to come over and get pets. He just wants to whine. It's one of those. Yeah. He, we've been trying uh, to train him to get into an airline bag because we're moving. And what he's learned is that when he gets in the bag, he gets food. So he's just trying to treat the bag as like a food button. <laughs> um, even if he's already eaten like, you know, his meal plus some treats and stuff. So he'll just sit in there and whine at us. Turn this wiener dog into a bratwurst dog. Yeah, Yeah, he'll do that on his own. Okay, now he's happy. He's part of the show. Um, What was I talking about? Yeah, so I would <laughs> I would leave in the worm. I would leave in the the shadow monster. You know, the the stuff that I think plays with the labyrinth is still cool. But like, we don't need the the tank. We don't need the trapdoor spider. Um, you know, we don't need uh the monster tamer. Right. Yeah. It's all it the the labyrinth itself and turning it into a sort of game board is a cool mechanic, but it's uh it's overstated its welcome a little bit. Yeah. Unless I can do more clever things with it. But it's like, oh now your guys are trapped in this maze and have to move through the maze. Here's a monster that doesn't have to move through the maze. We've seen that twice now. Right. And then oh, all of a sudden here's a completely separate mechanic where we have three cards that we can combine to make this ultimate card. I don't know. Yugi also says that this card is like on the same power level as Exodia, which I just don't see as being possible, but that's just me. Exodia is like you get this and you win instantly. This thing is just attacking monsters. Right, exactly. Um, 
Yeah. Okay. Well, you know what? Yeah, that is kind of a meta worst, but I I feel good about it. Uh, if anyone wants to re-edit these episodes for us, please let us know. Um, I will not watch them. <laughs> I will. I will say, good job. Uh, all right. Well, uh, now that we're done with that, it's time, time to uh, 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 end the episode. Thank God. Thank Christ. <laughs> Thank, Thank the Holy the Spirit. <laughs> Uh, Jimmy, as with every week, we end the episode with the card of the week. Are you ready for this week's I'm card? I'm ready. Lay it on me. All right. This week's card is Shiranui Samurai. Sorry? I am definitely mispronouncing that. I think it's Shiranui Samurai. It's S-H-I-R-A-N-U-I Samurai. Uh, it's a four-star card. It's a zombie slash effect monster, and it says, During either player's turn, you can banish one zombie-type monster from your graveyard. This card gains 600 attack, and if it does, banish any monster that battled this card uh, after damage calculation. Oh, this guy's actually kind of cool looking. Uh, it says, these effects last until the end of this turn. If this card is banished, you can target one Shirnui monster from your grave card, except Shirnui Samurai. Add it to your hand. You can only use each effect of Shirnui Samurai once per turn. It has 800 attack, and because it's a zombie, as we learned, zero defense. Uh, oh, yeah, wow, that's... That's kind of a badass looking card. It looks like um, what was that game that came out uh, on? Uh, was it PlayStation Four Striker? Do you remember this? No. So it was like a, I think more of like a Shinobi style game. Um, but it was literally just oh, here's a badass looking like. He does he, look very Dynasty Warriors. Yeah, he's got like a flaming sword. Um, he's got a badass denim vest. Um, and and a samurai are well known for their denim it. vests. Well, I can't tell what it is from the from the picture. It looks like a vest to me. Kind of, yeah. Or maybe it's, it's just a jacket. And a he, uh, oh no, you know what it is? It's like a it's like a kimono. It's like an over kimono. Yeah, like a, it's like yeah. A, I don't know what that would be called. Uh, but he flexed the sleeves off of it, and they just like <laughs> tore off at the elbow or the shoulder rather. Um, yeah, that's pretty cool. He's wreathed in flame. Uh, all right. Well, hey, if you have any uh, pronunciation corrections for me about that card uh, or want to talk about uh, this episode or any upcoming episodes, uh, you can reach us online uh, at Twitter and Instagram uh, at YAMPOD. That's Y-A-M-P-O-D. Uh, you can find us uh, online at youactivatedmypodcast at gmail.com uh, is our email, and our website is tyler.games slash Y-A-M-P or welcome to flavor.town slash Y-A-M-P. Uh, as always, too, please go to Apple Podcasts, uh, rate our show, leave a comment. Um, that's how people actually find the show. Don't uh, forget to like, comment, and subscribe. I, know. I brother. feel like such an asshole whenever I say it, but like <laughs> that a- is how people find the show. Yeah. Um, and and Twitter, you know, there's a we've sort of become a part of a small uh, group of of sort of smaller podcasts, sort of smaller podcasts on Twitter, and that's been really cool to have that like community of people sharing each other's stuff. So. Um, yeah, if you like the show, uh, subject your friends to it. <laughs> Just um, as Tyler has subjected me to the show. And I will continue to do so for as long as I possibly can. Uh, all right. So next week we're going to be talking about Double Trouble Duel Part 3. <sighs> we are nearly there. I almost said the light at the end of the tunnel, but that's the name of a separate episode that we've already talked about. So Double Trouble Duel Part 3 coming up next week. Uh, until then, everybody. Eh. Eh.